I'm not calling these guys bus candidates, but they're getting taken way, way before a range that I'm even close to comfortable, like not even close to where I feel comfortable taking them. And that's Miles Sanders. And that's also uh, Joe Mixon. I get that Miles Sanders has that Alvin Kamara appeal. He he could definitely be a, an 800, 900-yard rusher and get you 800, 900 yards receiving. It's possible. Like, I understand the, the appeal. But I think until he proves himself, until the Eagles prove they won't go running back by committee, and that's that's probably the biggest threat looking him in the face on top of injury risk, injury risk from getting back to college. But it, he just got hurt recently. And and I know you could say, oh, a lot of people are getting hurt and you're not, you know, you know, knocking this guy down on your rankings and he's banged up right now. Smitty, uh, Kenyon Drake's wearing a walking boot and the coaching staff says that's precautionary. Why can't you give Sanders the benefit of the doubt? It's because of the other aspects of, of the the reason I'm even doubting him. There's multiple reasons, multiple red flags. When there's multiple red flags, I stay away if the ADP climbs too high. With Drake, I don't see a whole lot of red flags like other people do. If other people do, I understand why they might stay away from Drake. But I don't view Drake. Uh, I don't view Drake as a a risk in terms of oh he hasn't gotten the carries before. He was in Miami. They ruined running backs in Miami. In in Arizona, since week nine on, he tore it up. I'm not concerned about that. That's not a red flag to me. If it's a red flag to you, I get it. It's not a red flag to me. But when it comes to Sanders being taken at 1.9 is where I'm seeing him go on a lot of occasions in, in the last four or five days. And you might say to yourself right now, if you haven't drafted yet or you're just getting back into the swing of football, a lot of people are. Don't Don't blame yourself if you are. A lot of people took time off. They didn't expect football to happen. People are rushing back, trying to cram. And you can do so at sleeperu.com, uh, sleeper, the letter u.com, uh, uh, University of Sleepers. And you can also do so at smitty1.com. That's my YouTube channel. Uh, rush back with us. Uh, absorb in, uh, in in speedy fashion with us and get ready for your draft. But I don't blame people that, that, that look at this and say, I don't see Miles Sanders going 1.9 in my draft. You might, you might not. You might not. But... In very versed leagues where people are embedded in fantasy football content all offseason, Miles Sanders will go in the first round in those leagues. And it's in those leagues I'm I'm out. I'm out at the top of the second. And it's not because I don't see the upside. I've explained that, that I that I do see it. It's that there are safer players like Josh Jacobs. There are safer players, in my opinion, Kenyon Drake. There are safer wide receivers there than than going Miles Sanders. If he fell down to the 2.12, 2.11 range, which he won't, I'd be back in. Not in every league, but at least one or two. I'd want to see what plays out, and I'd want to own at least one share at that value. But I don't own him yet, and I most likely will have zero shares of Miles Sanders in all of 2020, out of all the leagues I do, I do about 20 leagues because <laughs> uh, I do a ton of follower leagues. I do a bunch of expert leagues and I do a couple longtime buddy leagues. And out of the total, which is probably around 20 something, I own zero shares of Miles Sanders, not because he's a lock to bust, 
but because there are a lot of red flags and a lot of safer players right around his ADP. Joe Mixon, I see very similar to Miles Sanders. Um, only The only thing is he's more proven, you could say, and more proven to be disappointing as well. Um, I think that going around 1.12 to 2.04, which is typically where you see Joe Mixon go, that's extremely risky because same thing I just mentioned with Miles Sanders. It's not so much that Joe Mixon can't produce there. He could. There's a there's a solid chance, but there's also a very solid chance that he a gets hurt. In my opinion, that's that's my my take. And you could say I can't predict injury. You can't predict injury, Smitty. I get it. And you do you, and I'll do me. I do predict injury. Am I always right? No. I do predict that this guy's a bad decision maker. Will he make a bad decision on or off the field this year? Maybe not. But you couple the risk of all that with the fact that this offense will probably be slow starting and very inconsistent and teams will want to stack the box and make a rookie quarterback beat them. You could be looking at the same thing. And I predicted Joe Mixon to be one of the biggest busts last year. And he was, I don't care how he finished. I don't care if he had a great finish to the season more than likely Unless you got you did really well with your sleeper drafting and you made a change and you didn't start Joe Mixon for the first half of the year and you had a better option in there, more than likely you didn't make your playoffs. And Joe Mixon's resurgence in the middle of the year on didn't help you. It was too little too late. And because of all the other risks that I just talked about, coupled with this one, that eight-man fronts await him in 2020 that Joe Burrow I think is going to be an amazing quarterback at the NFL level within one to two years but he will have his ups and downs as a rookie he's in the Bengals offense which a lot of people feel has upside but a lot of people will agree it's been a a black hole for players for for many years and in a and I don't I don't think AJ Green's going to be healthy all year long. I like Boyd. I think Boyd, by default, is going to get enough targets because if, if the Bengals are down throwing in the third and fourth quarter, Boyd's going to get volume. But I think Mixon won't produce his his cost. He won't get you a return on your investment. There's going to be no positive return on investment here because you're taking him at 1.12, 2.02, 2.03, too high. Josh Jacobs is much safer. Austin Eckler, you can throw risk at me all you want with him, but he's proven. He was a top five running back last year until Gordon came back and was still top five to to seven to eight, depending on your format, six to eight, depending on your format. And that's sharing carries. He's not sharing carries. So the, the whole, well, when Melvin Gordon came back, Smitty argument is out the window. He's the guy. Yeah, I think you should couple him and draft him and pair him with uh, Kelly, the rookie. And I think Kelly could do well if ever forced to start games, but I'm not, I'm not scared of a running back by committee at all. And even if, even if he does share a lot of the the first and second down work, or at least the first down work, whatever, just, you know, let's say he surrenders 120 carries to Kelly or whatever. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with an Alvin Kamara workload for Eckler. I don't need a I don't need him to attempt 1400 yards rushing 
his biggest rushing season ever has been in the 600-yard range. So I'm kind of fine with 900 to 1,000 on the ground. Get his usual in the air, maybe a little less, but whatever he loses in receptions because Phillip Rivers isn't under center in 2020, he'll make up for an additional rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. He's one of the safest running backs in that 10 to 14 range overall in your draft. When you're drafting at the turn of the first and second round, he's one of the safer guys to get. If your plan of attack isn't to go wide receiver, I don't mind Eckler at all between 12 and 15. At all. He's a steal between 12 and 15. Stay away from Mixon at his current asking price, which is around end of the first round, top of the second value. That's way too high in my opinion. 